in his car in the background of yours. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Jordan JB Talk. Um, today I'm joined by my uh, my good buddy Alvin. I've known Hello. for uh, for a while. <laughs> um, I just Since missed out on school, huh? Yeah, middle school, and then like all of almost all of high school until I got out of there. Not high school, but you know, <laughs> the town we yeah. were living in. So you escape F town. <laughs> yeah. Um, lost my train of thought. This happens too. Um, <laughs> no worries. So, on this episode, um, yeah, I'm joined by Alvin. Uh, I've known him for a while. I just missed out on being able to to live with him, and then our other our other good good buddy Chase. Um, but yeah, this episode we really want to talk about cinematography and like the story it can tell. Um, this is just a, a tiny part of you know filmmaking and something we want to discuss. Maybe we can go into more other aspects of film and just kind of encompass it all. I don't know. <laughs> but we're starting with with cinematography and and in particular we want to talk about um Denis Denise Villeneuve. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're going to mess up his name. Uh sorry. Yeah, it's French. Is, yeah, it's French. We're not uh, you you know, you if you listen to the pod, my podcast, you know I'm not super formal. So <laughs> it's, we're going to mess up. Um we're going to do our best to, to censor ourselves. Um mm. but if we slip up, we slip up. Don't sue us. <laughs> Um, all right, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll let you start. You talk, uh, you know. Sure, where sure, you sure. Want to start? Uh, so I guess a little background for me. Um, I've been really into movies since I was a kid. Uh, I didn't really pursue any career or anything that dealt with movies. It was just more the fascination of storytelling. Um, my, mm-hmm. I'm myself am a writer. Um, I enjoy writing and I enjoy like world building and telling stories. Uh, and for me, movies are another like way of showing and telling a story. And the most beautiful thing to me when it comes to filmmaking is the fact that there's multiple ways of telling a story, not just by the actors in front of you or how the action that's panning out or even just, the, I guess, the movie itself. There's there's very subtle things that I believe a couple directors uh, have perfected in essentially like telling a story within a story uh, and that's cinematography cinematography is essentially just the way a scene or a shot a composition is presented and uh, Den- Denise Villeneuve is one of those directors that I honestly believe is like the god of uh, cinematography he, he well it's not cinematography it's more picking the right cinematographers uh, yeah. specifically Roger Deakins I mean he is a legend in, his, in the field um, if you watch any of his, any film that Roger Deakin has been a part of, uh, and you're very keen, like you have a keen eye for uh, for films, I guess, uh, you you can't help but notice that a lot of shots are just gorgeous. Like there might yeah. not be anything happening, or you know, it's just like an overhead shot. Or uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry, I'm not really. Uh, keen or uh, knowledgeable of uh, terminology in the uh, cinema uh, cinema industry uh but just like uh uh, any shots that kind of set up a a scene there's some that are just absolutely gorgeous uh there are a couple that i've even once i owned a like a uh um high definition high definition copy i would go back and basically take screenshots because they're like desktop wallpaper worthy like i want those as uh, uh as posters even um, and part of cinematography, like I was saying earlier, is just the fact that it helps tell a story within a story. 
and I guess what I wanted to get in on this episode is just uh, how Denise Villeneuve does it in his his movies. Um, he's one of my favorite directors, and again, almost every single film I've watched of his has just been, in my in my opinion, perfect. Um, everything from the actors he selected to the script itself to the oh the audio itself as well. Um, everything he basically every small little facet of the uh, the movie is just perfected. Yeah, and, he orchestrated it like well. <laughs> yeah, he he really goes out of his way to just kind of make sure that if there's something in the scene, there's a reason it's there. Uh, and that cinematography in 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 general is just everything has to belong in a sense. Um, I mean, there's some some filmmakers. Uh, Tarantino is a, a good example for this. There, he's so very hit or miss with, uh, with me when it comes to his cinematography. There's some shots that are just absolutely gorgeous, and then there are others where it just feels too cluttered. Which honestly, I think it's something he was getting at. It's something that he was trying to push because Tarantino knows he's pretty good at making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A I mean, good example. Yeah. Oh, sorry, God. Okay. Well, I was just, <laughs> just going to add to that. Yeah, I was just going to say a good example of that would be in Inglorious Bastards. The uh, uh, oh, good Lord, what's it called like the tavern scene, the bar scene, right before all the Germans start shooting each other up. Yeah. Um, that entire scene is so uncomfortable, and yeah. the way it's framed everything's so cramped everyone's so close a lot of the shots are so up close and personal where it almost feels like you're sitting in between all of this and there's danger in front of you mm -hmm. and that kind of like storytelling to me it, it, it's just amazing and it's one one thing that helps determine whether or not i'm gonna love a movie yeah uh, but what were you gonna say earlier i'm sorry oh um i was actually gonna bring up that yeah that inglorious bastards thing yeah i mean mm -hmm. like in film like that yeah it's it's i think you talked about it. it's it's um oh my gosh i'm losing my train of thought again like orchestrating the entire thing and it's and if you have a good cinematographer who's gonna you're gonna work well with and mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to place something in the scene and maybe you don't have to tell them hey i want this in the scene or something they're just gonna be like well that's part of it because i know what mm -hmm. you're doing you know what i mean and yeah roger deakins is is a legend he's done the Cinematographer, like I said, one of my favorite movies, uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. And when that I saw that gorgeous. movie, like, the, <laughs> I remember seeing, I saw it in theaters with Chase, and I remember seeing it, and like, that was the first thing I like noticed about it. I was like, this movie is beautiful to look at. Like, what, what is this? Yeah. This is the desert that I kind of know <laughs> now, and like, it looks amazing. Like, what is like? How do I not see this when I go out? Yeah. Somewhere. But, and and that's the thing. Growing up in uh, in New Mexico, like there's desert all around and then it's yeah. just like oh this is the way of life and then there's a movie that takes place in the desert and it's just like how did he make it so much more enchanting and much more like i yeah. want to be there it's like wait a minute i could go like 20 miles <laughs> south and i'll be there yeah instead you're just sitting outside and it's like oh it's hot never mind yeah <laughs> but and, yeah i mean yeah. it's 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 great and again like the movie i, I just reviewed my release review was 1917 he did uh, for that too ooh. and mm -hmm. it's kind of like oh, like his shots are like you can tell when it, like he has a shot. He has a lot of like in the dark, like bright lights, like a, so one source of light, and like they're in the dark and kind of like I saw it in Sicario, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I saw you know I see it in like again No, no Country for Old Men. It's, just, it's kind of a staple of his, I guess. Oh yeah, and actually, the, I'm glad that you brought up Sicario because that is something I want to bring up. Um, 
with, with especially with Roger Deakins and cinematography, that is one of the oh, how do I say this? Like the way that movie is presented, there's a certain color palette for uh, for every scene, yes. and that color palette helps elevate like how you're supposed to feel. Like this is what I mean when I'm talking about like cinematography being super important. Mm -hmm. um, both Roger Deakins and Denise Villeneuve, the way they have essentially set up that movie they like guide how you're supposed to feel the entire time through and it's amazing uh it goes from like the whenever they're in uh, uh arizona or whatever before they find them uh, sorry spoilers for the people who haven't seen sicario yeah. <laughs> you should go watch sicario <laughs> watch uh, it then come back <laughs> yeah um but when before they find the bodies out in in the walls or whatnot you know it shows like an idyllic like suburban neighborhood and mm -hmm. everything's like kind of bright and vibrant it's like a light blue palette and so it just feels normal but at the same time there's something that just feels off and i actually just watched a uh, uh a video on this that kind of deconstructed the scene and it's the color palette itself for that scene um from my understanding they like altered it slightly so it kind of gives the viewer who watches it almost like a nauseous feeling like something is wrong and it's just the establishing shot that's what was, the word i was trying to look for earlier that <laughs> establishing shot it just it, it's like a gut punch you just see yeah. it and you're like huh and then slowly but surely you know something creeps in your mind it's like something is off yeah and I then feel you know, good about this <laughs> yeah going on yeah and the same thing happens during the uh the border uh, scene holy crap that scene is amazing but the entire time, um, and I'm going to divert away from color palette here, it's more of how he frames the camera or where he places the camera. When it's inside the car with uh, Emily Bloom, who is the actress? Emily uh, Blunt. Yeah. Blunt. Emily Blunt. One of the Emilys. Uh, <laughs> when she's in the car and she's ha essentially having an anxiety attack, the camera is so yeah. close to everyone. It's like right in your face and it makes you uncomfortable like as if you're sitting in the car yourself. And this is one neat trick that I noticed that uh, uh, Villanueva does. Uh, he, he likes to actually mix the audio himself and like go in and like adjust it himself. Oh, wow. Her breathing is purposely made louder than everything else that's happening. And so to you, especially if you're watching at home and if you watch it at your computer like I do uh, with <laughs> headphones on, or if you're at home and you have a decent sound system, that breathing, it feels off kilter. Like it makes you like, I found myself the first time I watched that movie, I always kind of like mock the idea of holding my breath kind of thing. Like yeah. I just think it's too cliche, <laughs> but I literally held my breath almost that entire scene. And the fact that she was breathing, I found myself actually kind of syncing up my breathing with her breathing. And I noticed that I too was kind of having an anxiety attack because <laughs> everything was so tense. And the thing with that scene alone, that bridge scene, is the fact that, you know, this is something that could happen at any time or has happened even. Like, this is just something that exists. And the fact that they got to capture it in camera form or in film form, and these are actors or paid actors. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just it felt so real and i believe it's because of the cinematography the way everything was established from the helicopter shot from above showing you know the uh, uh the uh, gridlock the, uh, yeah, the traffic just being yeah. completely locked down yeah uh to again the camera inside the cars um especially the scene when emily blunt notices the shooter behind her when it zooms up into the camera or into mm -hmm. the uh side mirror 
that threw me off. That was jarring. Yeah, it happens so quick. Mm-hmm. And like you're just like, oh wait, what? <laughs> ah, what happened? Well, like all the action was taking place outside, you know, with like yeah. the uh, uh, the Sicarios getting out of the car and everything. And mm. so you have this wide open space, and you've you can't help but finally feel like a relief but at the same time you know everything's tense now like the shit's about to go down um and then immediately like after all that happens and all that goes down it swaps back to the car and then shows that and then she you know reflexes kick in and she takes him out it's just so it's like it's like visual whiplash (laughs) yeah that's perfect i absolutely love it like it's oh my god that that is one of the i Sicario wasn't my first introduction to him. Uh, my first intro- introduction to uh, Denise was uh, uh, Prisoners. Yeah. Uh, and Prisoners also a very hard movie to watch, um, especially yeah. since I have nephews and I love kids. Um, mm-hmm. And again, spoilers for people who haven't seen spoil- uh, uh, Prisoners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the subject matter is, is rough. There are so many shots in that film that it, it was like taking your breath away because you're like you can't help but just kind of get sucked into it just because how everything is presented in front of you mm-hmm. it's and super I, subtle and too adjusting to back to the, the color palettes on that one there's a distinct difference between the two movies in their settings and in the, the stories they're telling they're both dark kind of gritty stories but <laughs> their color palettes tell different where you know in prisoners it's a little more cooler because <laughs> it's a different setting it's uh, kind of more yeah. foresty I guess and then, of course, yeah. Sicario's the desert and everything. So, yeah, you have those kind of yellows and blues playing with them. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, every shot, like, from the beginning of Prisoners, it's just, yeah, it's unnerving still, you know? Like, <laughs> established it with that, uh, like, you know, that RV going through. And you're just, like, mm-hmm. before, I mean, after the uh, the very opening. But even that yeah. is kind of disturbing. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the, the deer. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just really unnerving. It kind of does a good job of making you feel that kind of uncomfortable oh, way yeah. about it you know something is not right about the scene and again sure. it's it's with the backdrop of a nice suburban little home or area or yeah and i to kind of go the opposite direction in terms of cinematography and i know at this point it's like beating a dead horse but rise of skywalker there are many scenes that were just pretty to look at. And then there are other scenes where it just felt jarring. Like it's just, I didn't know what I'm supposed to be looking at. Um, that the space battle near the end, it was just like, Oh, this is cool. I wish I could actually tell what the hell's going on. Yeah. There's just so many lasers going on. Oh, is that a person? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, again, my favorite term here is visual whiplash, but not in a good way. Like in Sicario at through that visual whiplash, it's just like, relief like oh okay all that all that crap's done we can go on with the story yeah. whereas in star wars like i was just like i actually started getting a headache and uh <laughs> i promised myself i wasn't gonna watch star wars or rise of skywalker again because again i didn't know if i liked it or hate uh hated it mm-hmm. but then i ended up watching it three more times because <laughs> everyone's like i want to go watch star wars you want to join me it's like fine i guess <laughs> yeah and every single time there are a couple scenes that I just it felt too cramped and not in a Tarantino way. Uh, there are some spaces where it just felt too open and not in a uh, uh, Roger Deakins kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, everything about it felt off. Like the only only thing that was like going for it was the special effects. It was like, it was pretty look at, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was a pretty film. It was a gorgeous film. But when it comes to like the cinematography and what I'm trying to like talk about, I guess in this episode, 
is the fact that the cinematography for that film just felt i don't know it just it just felt almost amateurish um which is weird coming from you know a multi-billion dollar company pumping all their funds into a movie yeah i think that's that's kind of where they're they're faulting it's just like oh well we can bring it out and no one will notice these things no one like no one picks up on the subtleties of cinematography yeah. or the music and how it can kind of affect your movie going experience and uh, Which, i guess a majority of people won't really pay attention to but, mm-hmm. but then in the long run they're like we do notice it and it's just kind of like yeah. put us off from anything else they do for like cinephiles like you and me yeah it is something that just kind of it, it becomes very noticeable and it, it, yeah. it's exactly as you said disney basically just kind of banking on people are going to pay no matter what it's star wars kind of thing um, and George Lucas, with, despite his faults when it comes to actual storytelling, his uh, some of his writing is kind of, <laughs> whew, who lets? <laughs> yeah, it's very wooden. Uh, his vision and the way he wanted things presented, like even though we joke and meme the crap out of uh, the prequel series, the prequels are still pretty to look at. And oh, another card. But the prequels are still pretty to look at, and the cinematography on them is fine compared to the newer Star Wars. Yeah. Um, which is weird. J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, uh, the uh, uh, what was the first one? <laughs> the first Force one in the trilogy. Yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah. As much as people like kind of crap on Force Awakens, I personally actually liked it. Um, I understand that the entire time he was just circumventing tropes and he was trying to circumvent expectations. Yeah. So yeah, he was co- in a sense copying a, a, a New Hope, uh, but at the same time he was kind of altering it a little bit. Where you know what you were expecting wasn't ex- uh, expected essentially it wasn't reached yeah. um and I, i'll give jj abrams that the first the first one in the new trilogy was pretty good the last two not so much yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i mean the prequels to go back to that it's just as much as like because i i think as both of us we were same pretty much same age we grew up kind of watching those and they're mm-hmm. i think at the time when i was younger it was like of course, when I was younger, it was just like, oh, lightsaber fights. And then when I grew up and started watching them a little bit more, I was like, yeah, the storytelling is like the actual dialogue and everything is kind of off. But yeah, they're right. fine to look at. And at times the CGI is a bit of much. Obviously, that's another thing they kind of kind oh, of people yeah. uh, clown on. But also it like it kind of worked in some some <laughs> ways, in weird ways. I don't know. But oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. But yeah, the Rise of Skywalker is just, yeah, like you said, it's just so jarring it's just so like weird at times and like times like you said you want to love it but then you're like ah but can i (laughs) (laughs) there's always something that takes you away from it yeah it seems good and then it's like nope okay come on let's let's get back to you know what we're doing that was me commentating on the the movie not just saying what we're doing right now but uh one last thing to add with the Star Wars thing, especially the way that you were trying to uh, establish it. My friend yeah. kind of said it, like, my friend kind of, like, reviewed it perfectly, in my opinion, after we got out of it. He's just like, it's like you have this amazing apple pie sitting in front of you, and you're like, I want to eat it. Then they slam that pie in your face, and you're like, oh, why? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it really is, is just like, yeah, it's just like you look at it, and you're like, I want to love you. And then you get smacked in the face with it, and it's like, I don't know why you did that, and now yeah. I kind of hate it. <laughs> that's like the whole pr- the whole sequel trilogy. That's, oh that's yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them. And then that's yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> me and uh, so me and Will, we're actually gonna do a, a retrospective on like kind of all of Star Wars soon. Hmm. Hopefully, we'll get to that. Sure. But yeah. Preview for the future episode. <laughs> no, 
hardly anyone listens. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no worries. To, At least to good it's something fun to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, but okay. So good cinematography. I know you haven't seen it yet, but I do highly recommend watching Blade Runner 2049. Um, in case you, I'm sure you're aware, uh, uh, Denise Villeneuve is doing Dune. Dune. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like, oh man, that, that you know, it's one of the unfilmable uh, films or unfilmable yeah. books. Which I get that it's it's a hefty book, and that's another thing. I'm a huge uh, uh, book lover, um, and that was one of the first sci-fi books I read back in middle school, uh, and I was just so entranced by the world. And of the only director I feel like could actually handle it correctly is De- Denise Villeneuve. Um, I know Blade Runner also had some kind of uh, divisive uh, uh, opinions on it. Personally, I'm in the field of I absolutely love that film. Uh, it did sequel. It it was a good sequel, which is something people weren't expecting from a sequel for a movie that was what 20, 30 years old at the time. Yeah. I mean, um, like, from like from what I've heard, like I said, I'm, they, they hit, oh, you had said I haven't seen it, but from what all I've heard is just good things about it, and mm-hmm. and just the trailers and the previews alone, it looks beautiful. It looks great. Like I, yeah. I love the whole neon noir feel to it, and so I don't know if that's what it's about, but you know, obviously it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's another thing when it comes to Denise's films. Um, I always try my best to shy away from trailers. I'm really bad about it because I, you know, I need my interest to be piqued. I yeah. just, I, it's curiosity killed the cat kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I end up watching a lot more trailers than. I, want to even though i've noticed you know over the past decade they're becoming more and more spoilery oh yeah um, they just kind of reveal so much in them um which is kind of a shame uh, and this is one thing i'll come back to later uh because there are other directors who when they are other studios when they do trailers they don't have to say much to make me int- interested um denise filling the webs uh his, the trailers for his movies um it's one of the few times where I tell people, if you don't know what it's about, just watch the trailer and you can kind of get a sense of what it's going to be about. But he's always has a way of making it not what you expect. Um, he circumvents your expectations. Um, he kind of throws in a twist or something that like you, you seriously in a hundred years, millions of years, you would never expect. It just happens like that. Enemy is a yeah. good example of this. That's not the one I wanted to watch, but I didn't get to. Yeah. Uh, so, it, and even then, even if you aren't there just for the story kind of thing, if you watch a trailer of his, everything, even the, his trailers, the way they are uh, shown, the way they are cut and, I guess, spliced together to give you a small taste, uh, the cinematography helps, like, drag you in. That's one reason why I actually ended up watching Prisoners. I was working at Hastings down in Texas at the time, and the trailer for Prisoners was playing. And I had so many people who were like, have you seen that? You should check it out. I was like, well, it looks interesting. And one day, because it was, you know, like a Monday or something, it was a slow day. And I was watching, I decided to stand there and watch the whole trailer <laughs> instead of working. Uh, yay, work ethics. Now we know what uh, happened to Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched the whole trailer and there was, uh, the, the way it was presented, just... Everything looked interesting to me. It was just like, wow, I really want to know what's going on. I want to know about this this small little town. I want to know what's going on with Huge Jacked Man. 
uh, why is he mad? Oh, is that Jake Gyllenhaal? It was just that trailer just entranced me. And again, it, it it is because of the cinematography. I mean, nothing changed from the trailer to the movies. You know, they're just yeah. taking scenes from the movies and putting them together. But because the movie itself is so well done in terms of cinematography and in terms of presentation, I guess, uh, going back to that trailer it doesn't matter how they like spliced it up and uh, mixed it up it, it, it there was there was always going to be a, uh it, it was always going to grab my attention because the, again this is gonna make me sound pretentious uh because of the cinematography everything about it was gorgeous to look at and it was a yeah. trailer and i was you know like 10 foot below this giant tv just watching this and going wow what is this and Renting that, and I remember my ex hating it just because, uh, well, again, subject matter. Subject matter uh, it's, yeah. it's a rough film. Yeah. Uh, but I personally loved the hell out of it. And after that, I was just like, man, I wonder who directed this. Found out the guy, started watching all his stuff, his older stuff. Uh, I can't, don't know if I'm pronouncing this again. It's French. Incendus is also a really good one. Um, it, this is the thing. Uh, I guess the second half of this podcast, I want to talk about Denise Villeneuve himself. Um, but this is something Denise does really well is show you like real world possibility, real world uh, uh, events. And it, it he makes it very realistic. Um, it yeah, like how like how I was talking about like earlier in Sicario, um, when we were talking about Sicario, how this is something that happened that you know happens. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to say every day because that'd be messed up. But there's a gunfight every day yeah. on the bridge, <laughs> on the border. Right there, um, yeah. But yeah, you know it it happens like oh, practically in, at any time. Uh, it's such a realistic portrayal of life, but it's cinema, and this is the thing that I've always strived and looked for in the film is if I can get so drawn into a film that I kind of forget I'm watching a film, and. There are so many like different things that go into making a movie, uh, audio, visuals, uh, scripts. You know, there's just so many different things, uh, and we're just picking apart at this small, like one of the smaller parts of filmmaking, which is just cinematography. Uh, but yeah. in my opinion, it's one of the more impactful parts of cinema. Um, a good example of this, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch it. Uh, there's, you know, the, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, Chrome Edition, where it's all black and white? Yeah. Someone took that, they took out a lot of the dialogue, and it was just mostly action and maybe some, like, uh, Furiosa crying in the wi- in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, some small scenes like that. They took out all the dialogue, but they put in just a soundtrack, and so it was almost like watching, like, a silent film with a soundtrack. Uh, it's gorgeous. It tells an amazing story without having to have any written dialogue. Uh, and it's because of the cinematography and, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The director of George, Mad Max. I'm, George Miller? Yeah, George Miller. I'm just called him George Romero. I'm like, wait, that's the zombie guy. <laughs> so many Georges, so many Emilys. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that's another kind of like a, uh, uh, a, a a wonderful example of how George Miller is a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also directed Happy Feet, in case you didn't know. Fun fact. <laughs> um, but that's that's something I kind of look for in a film. If I can watch this without having to like pay attention to dialogue, if the 
everything on I'm being shown at that instant, everything that's placed down or something, or just the behavior or the body language of the actors, if that can tell a story in itself, then I think the film is a, a mastercraft film, a, a masterwork film. Everything about it is phenomenal. Um, and that's something that I think Denise Villeneuve has not yet uh, screw up on. I was yeah. cursed right there. Uh, every <laughs> film that I've seen of his, you could you could seriously watch it without the dialogue or not paying attention to the dialogue, and just the way the actors you know act, on uh, the way uh, the, the, again the body language, everything how everything's set up. Um, it, oh, it's just amazing. Uh, earlier we talked about how in Sicario with the, the palette and how it gave the idea of like a, the idyllic neighborhood or whatnot. Mm-hmm. In in Prisoners, uh, when uh, Loki, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, when he goes yeah. to uh, the the uh, it's been a long time since I saw Prisoners. <laughs> I meant to rewatch it. When he goes into the house with the maze, and he finds like the snakes and everything. Yeah, like from the outside, it looked like a, a normal house. Normal like, house. Something yeah. You, yeah, but once you go in, everything's decrepit. Everything's like there's feels no off. There's, there's no like, furniture. Wall, like, yeah, writing on the walls and stuff. Yeah, there's writing on the walls. Yeah, uh, and the snake shows danger. Like mm-hmm. they did. Most people, so hopefully, it's kind of like, oh, that's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, well, most people should also know that snakes are bad. Snakes are dangerous. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not bad, bad. It's just they can the first. Be. Yeah, the first initial uh, instinct is just like, oh, I don't want to get bit because that's gonna hurt. Yeah. Uh, so you know, danger noodles. Um, <laughs> when loki finds all the snakes and everything it immediately transformed this house from what the heck is going on what is this place why are there like mazes on the wall kind of thing to oh some this place is dangerous like i don't want to be here yeah and the framing of it all the way everything is set up there is it's just amazing because as you're going through this house with jake gill and all and you see this like it really does feel like instead of watching from behind the camera lens kind of thing the way everything is set up it feels like you're walking through this house with him yeah i think that's what a lot of like really like we'll go, kind of talk about good directors or good kind of a good team will put together is something like you said where you don't feel like you're looking at a big screen you're kind of immersed into the movie into the story mm-hmm. and what's going on you're invested in the characters and that kind of and again that cinematography plays a huge role in that because if you don't have good cinematography you get boring frames and kind of simple lighting then yeah it's just going to be like oh well that looks mm-hmm. cheap <laughs> or it looks kind of you know just generic and you said the magic word right there immersion that's what i want out of a movie like that's mm-hmm. the reason why i pay 10.50 to go to the movie theaters and pay 20 dollars for a bag of popcorn yeah uh, I want to be immersed. I want to forget about all the crazy things happening in the world right now. I want to just focus on entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, At my desk currently, I have two monitors and I tend to multitask. So I tend to watch like a movie and play a video game at the same time just because I I multitask. That's super Uh, immersion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what I say. That's why people pay so much for video games too. So they can mm -hmm. be immersed in something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And Denise Villeneuve, every film I've watched through and through time and time again i will stop what i'm doing and focus on it just because not only is the film great to look at uh, not only is the story amazing and like intriguing and i want to know more but just because there's so many subtle things that 
watching it without you know not playing a game then glancing over and paying playing my game and glancing over i'm gonna miss a lot of the stuff that i wouldn't have noticed uh and i've watched I, i'm a huge fan of like behind the scenes stuff and like dvd extras i miss dvd extras like they're starting to slow down on those um but Denise Villanueva, I've seen interviews and I've seen uh, behind the scenes where he'll straight up go up to the actor or actress and kind of like touch their face and like tell them how he wants them to look. Uh, which it sounds weird at first, but then you understand that it's that subtle change in someone's face that kind of like makes you understand, oh, something just happened kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to Sicario, I know we've been talking about Sicario a lot, but <laughs> Emily Blunt essentially is our, um, like, by proxy, uh, uh, we're supposed to put ourselves in her shoes. Like, mm-hmm. she's the, quote-unquote, the normal point of view of the uh, uh, war on the drug cartels and such. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, she portrays it phenomenally, where the entire time... Uh, you know when especially like in the car uh in the bridge scene which we're coming back to again <laughs> uh, I it's just one of the most like iconic scenes in that movie in my opinion but at one point she just exclaims you know what the f is going on to be honest i probably would say the same thing yeah. it's just like you're stuck in that situation where like oh god oh god what is happening what you know your curse words are flying left and right because <laughs> you know your body all that adrenaline's kicking in Whereas everyone else who's already immersed into the world of, like, the drug cartels who have fought with Sicarios and uh, the drug lords, you know, like the soldiers that uh, go and clear out the two cars, they yeah. act like it's normal. They, like, went through. None of them hesitated. They all, like, moved cleanly as a unit. Once they get back in the car, they're like, do you think that's going to be on the news? And it's like, no, no one's going to care about this. Yep. Just how, like, blasé and, the, and cavalier they are about the whole situation. Like, Eight people died there. Yeah. Five, or nine people died on that, on, on that uh, uh, at the border, and no one like cleaned up the bodies. They just drove off. They're like, "All right, we're done here." Like, for yeah, them, though, and they just yeah, <laughs> yeah, for them, since that this is the world they live in, like this is just every day for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, there's a beautiful shot, and it's it's very quick. It's just Josh Brolin chewing gum, and just looks around, just like, "All right, we're done." And then it's just like, what? Like, it's so weird because, you know, for anyone who's not like, who's not a soldier or who's not a cop or anyone who has to deal with death, mm-hmm. you know, it, that sounds so uh, heartless. It sounds emotion, unemotional. Yeah. But in all honesty, just because he sees that shit every day, he, he has to deal with it. It's just like, no, this is unfortunately how life is down here. So we're done here. Like, they have a job to do this isn't part of it like this cleaning yeah. those bodies up that's not their job their job is to deliver oh god it's been a while since it's all sicario as well it wasn't the uh the informant or something or someone that captured like the, the cousin or some, some cousin of yeah the, the yeah main drug world they're going after yeah um and man that again iconic scene and i mean that scene alone tells so many different stories um yeah. and this is I guess where I kind of want to bring this into uh, Denise Villeneuve's territories. I, I know we've been talking about him a lot and like cinematography has been sprinkled here and there, but <laughs> he is a legendary storyteller. Um, he tells very realistic and grounded stories, which 
I think there's one reason why people had apprehensions about uh, Blade Runner 2049, just because it's like it's a sci-fi film, and uh, I mean, it, I'm trying not to spoil enemy because I highly recommend that one as well. Um, he hasn't really dabbled with like sci-fi stuff, and you get to this, and it's just like uh, you get to Blade Runner, and he still tells a very realistic and grounded story in it. He just has he just it just happens to have a sci-fi setting. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the best kind of directors too. Well, they tell their story, they tell it the way they're going to tell it, but it's just the background and everything going on is just the background. It's just the setting you're in just happens to be, oh, well, it's just a futuristic sci-fi movie, but mm-hmm. this is the main focus is the story and the characters. So I think, yeah. yeah. And the, the way, uh, uh, the way they treat the, I guess the setting like you know, this is a sci-fi setting. This is the cyberpunk uh, future of 20, uh, Blade Runner, uh, and he just treats it like it's just a normal thing. That helps with the immersion. It, it nothing has to stand out to tell you, oh, we're in a sci-fi place. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Neil Blomkamp's Elysium. Don't get me wrong, I liked Elysium, but it was very. This is sci-fi. Look how sci-fi this is. Very yeah. sci-fi. <laughs> Whereas Blade Runner whenever you see like the flying cars in there thing it's just like okay yeah this is the future but then once you get into like the ground level and he's just interacting with people like on the streets like everything just it kind of looks like you know a slightly futuristic detroit (laughs) like everything's all kind of like falling apart but at the same time it feels very real it 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 drags you in it's that immersion factor and denise has such a great way of handling that um, like I said, every single one of his films, everything just feels real. Everything feels realistic. Um, nothing really, it, it, it's so hard to explain, but nothing really dra- like takes me out of the film. There's nothing that really breaks my immersion. And like I said earlier, when I'm playing a video game, I have to stop it if I'm watching a Denise Villeneuve film, if I'm watching one of his films. It, I, it demands uh, full, your full attention. Yeah. That's I mean, that's cool because like I haven't had like after watching these like unfortunately I've explained my situation like where I'm at so I'm kind of there's heavy folk traffic going through where I'm like where I watch my movies it is like you know it's I don't have really a sound system but like yeah it's kind of hard to get fully immersed into it because I can't hear the, mm-hmm. the sound too well I can't pick up on those little subtle things but um, going back to the the cinematography and everything looking at it was more than enough it was like yeah. oh, okay i get like sometimes i, I would go back just because i was invested in the story to like either turn on the subtitles or something but then like usually i'll just kind of go through it all but like most movies like i've kind of watched you're doing the whole you know move 365 yeah and, um so yeah also i've got like i'm not doing that but i'm just like i'm checking out movies and i'm like oh, okay i've heard about this i'll see what it's about and and some of them i'm just like i can't like I get where you're trying to tell. I can already tell the story you're telling, mm-hmm. but I'm just not interested. And with these yeah. movies, it was like, I'm super invested, even though like, I, I'm kind of like, I was paying attention, but it was hard to, <laughs> it was very difficult. Uh, kind Sit there and just like, kind of like, yeah, like be fully immersed into it. But still, you know, and even when I had to kind of like pause in the middle of I think prisoners and mm-hmm. like, they were like, we were wanting to do something else, uh, my cousins and my brother, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna finish this <laughs> first. <laughs> finish this, and then we'll we'll do that. But yeah. we were we were kind of pushed for time. But still, I was like, I'm gonna finish this. Yeah. Anyway, 
So yeah. I hope, I hope uh, I like, I, I, like I said, I kind of ramble. I hope I made sense. No, no, I, I, I hundred percent understand. Um, and that's how it used to be at like my old house when I was living down in New Mexico with my folks, um, where, you know, people would knock my door and I'm like watching a movie yeah. <laughs> or like they walk in and t- try to talk to me. I'm watching a movie. Um, and again, my setup, I have headphones on and I'm at my computer. I'm watching my movies most of the time that to me, comfortable enough for me. If I was to watch one of his films down in the living room, uh, up here, uh, it's still one of those situations where if someone would try to get, like, talk to me, unfortunately, I'm kind of sucked into the film and, and like, you probably have to, like, tap my shoulder to get me out of yeah. it, huh? <laughs> kind of thing. And there's very few directors who has done that to me. Um, Tarantino's works are a good example. Like, it, watching those films, it, like, kind of gets sucked into them where if someone tried to get my attention, they'd had to go out of the way to get my attention. Um, George Lucas ha- has quite a few films. Steven Spielberg, of course. Basically, a yeah. lot of the greats that people have talked about. Scorsese, there's a, yeah. yeah, and there's a reason why they're great. Um, <laughs> so, they're, you know, those are kind of expected. Um, Denise Villeneuve, he's been, he's been around for a while. Um, early, mid-2000s, I think. Uh, but he didn't really, like, stand out until Prisoners came out. Uh, and then, of course, Sicario kind of elevated him even more. And then now he's gaining traction. And I've been thinking about this. Uh, we've been talking about wanting to do this podcast for like a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the subject I pick and I wanted to talk about, Denise. Uh, ever since then, though, I've been thinking about more and more. But uh, I've I've always come to this conclusion that he's possibly, quite possibly, my favorite director of all time. Um, partially because, again... The, his storytelling, um, the way he does his audio, every small little uh, part of a movie, uh, he, it's like he has that golden touch. He has something that he had his hands part of, uh, and it helps elevate it from a, a, a good movie to a phenomenal, exceptional, near-perfect film. Uh, every single film that I've seen from him, like I said, just... Mwah chef's kiss right there just yeah. an amazing movie and anytime someone always asks for like a uh, or you know a recommendation for a film i'll always throw a denise Villeneuve film first uh and then after that i'll find out well actually what are you into yeah uh, just because i can't help it like i can't like my brother and i watched arrival the other night like i streamed it for him and him and i were just watching it and by the end of the movie even though there's a lot going on, there's a lot to take in. I don't want to spoil it because um, I I want you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but by the end of the movie, my brother and I were just like just gushing over and over about how amazing the film is and how great the director uh, Denise is, and like I couldn't help it. Like it mm-hmm. it brought so much happiness to me to me just watching Arrival again. Uh, and again, uh, what we were saying earlier is that we want movies is kind of a way for us to escape from reality for you know a good two two and a half hours. Uh, and like I told you earlier, I'm kind of between jobs, so I've been kind of uh, up and down, all over the place when it comes to how I've been feeling. But watching Arrival, just watching a, a villain of film. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, I felt so happy at that moment and it's weird that I can have a film do that to me um, despite like how sad or how emotional a scene could get mm-hmm. like it still got to me it was just like man this this in front of me is art um, 
you know, there's always been that argument when it comes to video games. Are, is video, are video games considered art? And then same thing kind of with films before video games came along. Could film be considered art? And honestly, yes. Yeah. Art can be art can be uh, uh, kind of seen in different ways. Uh, I mean, it can be uh, um, explained in different ways. I, I, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. <laughs> but, uh, but when it comes to film, if I need to showcase something that's sh- like... If I want to argue that no, this uh, this film is art, I would bring up one of Villeneuve's film. Um, it's more specifically Blade Runner. That movie is just gorgeous to look at. I saw that in theaters with my dad, um, and it was around the time that uh, our small little F town finally upgraded their <laughs> their movies, uh, their movie theaters. So we got a decent uh, 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 sound and uh, decent picture as well, mm-hmm. but. That movie alone, like, my dad was just talking about how he's just like, I almost fell asleep because of how some scenes dragged on, which I'll get about. Uh, I'll get back to that. But, but he also said, but man, was it gorgeous to look at? And it's like, yeah, no, I 100% agree. It was one of the first few films that I watched and immediately thought, maybe I should buy a 4K TV. Maybe. <laughs> just for this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just for this. <laughs> and that's crazy. Like, I, I'm not really, like, I'm huge into technology as well. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I like modern tech. But as of right now, I'm completely fine with 1080p, like high definition. Yeah. Like, again, I, most of my entertainment is from my computer monitor. Um, people are like, oh, you need 4K gaming. It's like, I really don't care enough to worry about 4K gaming. And But when it comes to films, that's it, probably the only uh, uh, platform that kind of makes me want to upgrade. Um, for specific uh, specific movies, and Blade Runner for sure is one of those. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean I think now more than anything, people are recognizing film as an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, unfortunately, like award shows and all that are becoming a joke. So it's oh, yeah, kind of hard sure. to to like give them the, the the praise and the accolades they deserve. And yeah. you know, obviously the creators and everything, but still, and like for us, you know, to appreciate it, I think. Even though, like, you know, they may never hear this or <laughs> understand, like, you know, oh, okay, well, there's two two guys talking remotely about this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's to some degree, I guess, it should help because then we're also highly suggesting it, and there might be people who listen who are. I mean, I, I got a small audience, but like, I think they listen to like you know to <laughs> enough to be like, oh well, cool, I'll check that out or something. Yeah. You know, maybe my family listens and they're like, oh, I haven't seen that yet. We'll, we'll do that and you know kind of chain reaction and yeah, give them the, the you know the kind of recognition they they kind of deserve in terms of like then then he's feeling new wave <laughs> <God>. <laughs> such a weird name right yeah i've said it like twice and i miss it up twice <laughs> so i mean yeah i mean that's it's good because like right now primarily this podcast we've talked about comic book movies and yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that because i like i like him and to me they're kind of on a downward trend but sure. um so it's always good like i also just love talking movies so it's a lot of fun talking it with anybody with with you especially because i know we both kind of always i think wanted to and we kind of had little talks <laughs> about it but we've never yeah. actually been able to just fully talk and just get a good conversation in about it so I think partly for me, like, I've always been, like like I said, a huge cinephile since I was a kid. And then once I found out that you were going to school for, like, film and stuff, and then, of course, our, you know, our some of our short films that we've done together, um, 
that's when I recognized that, oh, you know, holy crap, you know, Jordan's also a cinephile, especially when Chase and I went down to visit you in Albuquerque and we, I saw your huge movie collection. I was like, yeah. oh my God, like, this is awesome. Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I love talking about movies with like Chase and Derek and my brother and, and you know, my friends, but yeah. there's only a handful of people. I, I can seriously count them on one hand, uh, like who are like as huge of cinephiles as I am and you're on that list. And so it's, it's always great to talk to another cinephile about like movies because like recommending certain films is always kind of hard just because it's, it's like i don't know if they'll like it I, like yeah. personally i like it kind of thing but when it comes to cinephiles it, i've come to learn that a lot of us we'll watch whatever we'll watch whatever recommendation people take us because we want to know <laughs> yeah. more we want to see more films you know that, yeah even if it's uh, bad you just like oh what yeah, not to do I, or what not to. Look i've for. seen I've seen the room 20 times. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's partially because I kept recommending it to people and end up watching it with them. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, and again, uh, for anyone who listens, who's never seen the room. You should watch the room. Just, watch uh, the room. Just, yeah. I'm going to recommend just, it too. <laughs> just be very, uh, just be very open about it. Just understand. It's probably one of the greatest films ever made. Um, but, but no, uh, like talking, being, having a chance to talk about movies like it's something that i've always enjoyed and it's again the reason why i've been toying with the idea of making a youtube channel because th- i have a lot to say i'm very introverted but at the same time i also have a lot to say especially yeah. for things that interest me and like i hope this isn't offensive or anything but it's like near borderline autistic for me <laughs> like i I, I've had people who come up to me and they're like, wow, you're really quiet. What do you like? And then I'll be like, well, I like movies. And they're like, well, tell me about this movie. And then like an hour later, they're like, you talk a lot. Yeah. It's just like, I'm sorry. I, I just want to <laughs> talk about movies with you. Like, yeah. it's it's just one of those things where like, once I folk, like I can talk about a subject I love, which granted, you know, everyone's like this. Like if mm-hmm. you get them on the subject they like, they'll talk about it. But for me, it kind of gets to the extreme. I'll start talking about you know directors and i'll start talking about movies and then uh, movies they've done and i'd recommend movies i'd recommend and recommend to stay away from and then i'll start talking about like composition shots and cinematography and then the audio and then just every small tidbit about movies and to have like an outlet to kind of talk about that stuff like this is why i wanted to do podcasts and why i, mm-hmm. I want to do uh youtube videos is just because i need to get this out otherwise it's yeah. just kind of like it's like an echo echo chamber in my head where i'm just like constantly <laughs> talking to myself about all this cool stuff yeah it's like a, but but yeah no I, I i appreciate you for letting me or getting me on here so we can talk about this stuff it's i know oh, yeah. i i've noticed and sorry i keep cutting off i've noticed that Are i've basically good? been talking a majority of this it's like i barely get let you get in any words like in any words in and i, I tried to stop that that's one reason why i've been meeting myself a bit more just so you can get something out but like, like I said, if there's some a chance for me to talk about something I'm passionate about, uh, mm, it's all out. Oh yeah, I want to like totally. I'm totally fine with it. Like um, previous episodes that I've done with uh, with Will, I kind of let him just like well, I, I won't say I let him. But it just kind of happens <laughs> that way. I'm more a little more quiet and kind of reserved and like either way. Even though like so like I'll always just kind of be like kind of take the back seat a little bit. Even though it's like oh it's my show, but I'm trying to like allow people also to to kind of talk about what you know the subject we're talking about and obviously now you know i want you to say what you want to say and i don't want to be over here trying to because sometimes too i'm like i I can't say it any better than he just said it so (laughs) i don't know what to say so i can just say oh yeah 
I agree, and then let, let you go on or something. <laughs> so this is yeah, like this is a lot of fun. Like, and then, like of course, you know, I have a huge kind of like lineup of things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously, if you want to jump in any of those, yeah. you're more than welcome to. Um, oh, for sure. I know me and uh, Will are going to record on Friday, from from my understanding now. So we're gonna break the the quarantine thing a little bit <laughs> and i'm gonna meet up with him uh, so and i think what we're, we're gonna talk about like we're gonna do just knock out a bunch of episodes nice. i know i'm just kind of talking just normal talk now <laughs> i'm yeah, yeah. trying to trying to wrap it up but also you know enjoyed talking of course with a friend and yeah like you said i did get into like film like oh, of course film was a like, young young as well i used to kind of try to make my own like little movie scenes just mm. by myself because again like going back to also same thing when i like go to a movie i go with my brother sometimes with my cousins they might want to talk about it but like it feels kind of awkward like i kind of like i kind of want to talk about this stuff but i don't want to seem pretentious i don't want to seem like i'm kinda, <laughs> like you know did you guys notice these you know like the subtleties yeah. and, all and they might notice it like it's just kind of like it's just like i don't know like it just i don't feel the same talking to them about it like i do you and like I enjoyed their company, but sometimes when my brother, I'm sitting in the theater with my brother, he tries to talk to me during, I'm like, I'll try to answer, but I'm also like, don't bother me. I'm watching the movie. <laughs> Even though I'm trying bad. to analyze this film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there with a notepad, like, wait, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, I've seen a couple of films with, uh, with like Chase and Lissa uh, and mm-hmm. their significant others. And yeah, uh, same thing. Like we'll step out of the theater and we'll talk about it. And people are always like, well, what do you think about it? And it's just like, there's so much I want to say, but I'm just going to be like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> how I am, too. Yeah, you uh, just kind of like, um, you got like two hours? <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, so when I was living in Texas, like when my ex and I would go watch movies with our friends, the same exact thing where people would just <laughs> well, like, oh, uh, here's a good example. Ender's Game. Because I always talk big about how great that book is mm-hmm. and how much like, it influenced my writing and how much I would love to see in the film. When that movie came out, I the moment the credits rolled, I looked to my right and I remember seeing my ex, her friend, and her friend's uh, boyfriend all looking at me like, well, what do you think about it? <laughs> and it's just like, uh, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a very long and loud car ride home. <laughs> And uh, sure enough, on the way home, I yeah, on the way home, I just started talking about all the things that kind of irked me, but they're all the all the things <laughs> I also really enjoyed. And by the end of it, by the time we got home, they're like, "Well, that doesn't really answer our question. Did you like it or not?" It's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, okay, I liked it, kinda." Yeah. Like I'm gonna leave it at that, but you know, there's so much more I want to say. Mm. Uh, so if you have enough time to listen to me ramble, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. Like, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, the same thing. Yeah, well, the same thing with uh, with like Chase and Lissa and all of them. Just like, if you guys have the time, I'll I'll tell you every little thing. I was like, I, I'm gonna nitpick, and at the same time, I'm uh, there's all these other things I'm gonna praise like to hell and back about mm-hmm. just because I I want you to know what, why that film was great or why that film was bad, and that's I know it's very pretentious, but you know I kind of embrace the pretentiousness of it all. Just because for me, that's my passion. It allows me, it's a lot of people consider pretentious being just being pretentious, but I consider it just being passionate about something. And I'm not going to shoot down anyone's opinions. Like you're free to enjoy what you enjoy. 
like uh, Lisa loved Car- Captain Marvel. I personally hated it. Yeah, <laughs> it just felt here. so bland. Yeah. It felt like a Phase One Marvel film. Like if this came out in two thousand five, it would have been yeah. great. But <laughs> <laughs> the entire time, I was just like, "But well, this is a thing." Yeah, I, I uh, totally agree with that. Actually, yeah. There's our brief review of Captain Marvel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a lot to say about the MCU, but it sounds mm. like you guys have already gone through a good chunk of them. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, we're gonna try to go re- back and rewatch some of the the ones we didn't really like. I've done that so <laughs> far with like Iron Man three and Thor two and one Captain Marvel. I'm like, do I want to go back? I know I still don't like it. It wasn't that long ago. So. <laughs> oh man, like I know this is completely opposite, or I guess nothing pertains to the subject that we we're supposed to talk about today. <laughs> uh, we're gone. But Iron Man three. I actually enjoyed it after rewatching it multiple times. I liked it more than two. I'll say mm-hmm. I'll say that. Like, granted, it's Shane Black, and I expected more from him. But yeah. for what it was, it wasn't that bad. I like after rewatching, I was like, "This is okay. Like, I can get through this now." <laughs> and all on, that's what like why like uh, Will kind of was like, "We gotta record some more because like I I texted him. I was like, I rewatched Iron Man three. It's not as bad as I remember. I, like, I, remember <laughs> I was like." I want to talk about it a little bit more now. And like, he's like, yeah, let's, let's do that. So then I thought, oh, why don't I do that with other movies? And so, yeah, that's yeah. what we're going to do. That's, it's funny that you bring that up because like on my discord channel with, uh, with Derek and Chase and my brother and a couple of our friends, um, we'll be like, I guess playing movie, uh, playing games or whatever, or everyone's doing their own thing. And I'm just watching a movie. Mm-hmm. The one phrase I keep bringing back up is, you know, I rewatched so-and-so and you, it's not that bad. <laughs> Like, I, I if you remember this back in high school, Transformers when they came out, yeah. I remember hating the first one. But at the same time, I was like, maybe I don't know if I actually liked it or if I actually really just hate it. Then the second movie came out, and after the second, like walking out of the theater of the second movie, I was like, you know what? I like Transformers, the first <laughs> one, because <laughs> it's just one those were like. In comparison to everything else, it's not yeah, that bad. Not that, I'm going to put that in a shirt. That's going to be the catchphrase of this whole podcast. It's not that it's bad. Not that bad. <laughs> hey, you should, that, that's actually what you should title uh, like certain podcast episodes if you're going to focus on films that you came back to rewatch. Just call it It's Not That Bad. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's I not that, that bad. <laughs> this, this episode featuring Iron Man 3 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, it, it's just a couple of those films where you know, like your your memory is just like God, that was a terrible, awful movie. Yeah. Then you're like kind of forced to rewatch it or like a curiosity killed the cat. Like, is it really as bad as I remember? Kind of thing. You go back to it, and then yeah, that's usually like the general consensus <laughs> whenever I, I exit one of those films. It's just like it isn't that bad. It's yeah. not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> like, and I, I think part to... of that. Oh, go on. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna add the opposite reaction to, to Transformers, even though like I, yeah, the other ones are terrible. I went back because like I had nostalgia of the first Transformers. It's like, oh, we just graduated and everything was kind of mm-hmm. bright and sunny and looked good. And now it's like, oh, <laughs> I <was> watching <laughs> it and I was like, oh, this is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's be fair. Yeah, it is. It's better, but. I, like, I haven't oh, seen, man. I haven't rewatched Transformers, so maybe I should do the same <laughs> thing. Just go back. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like this is a, a great idea for a podcast. It's just I was like we'll doing pick them. Yeah. yeah, pick a movie that everyone had like kind of divisive opinions on, and go mm-hmm. back to it and just be like, hmm, you know what? 
Yeah, it was as terrible as I remember. Or it's <laughs> yeah. worse than I thought it was. Kind That'll of thing. Be our, or hey, it's not that bad. Yeah, our verdict at the end is either it's not that bad or hey, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's, that's a great idea. It spawns from a complete opposite subject of what we're yeah, supposed no, to be talking about today. We went way off track, but that always happens, and that's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's the nice thing about podcasts is you know they they don't always have to be super structured. It could just yeah. be a couple of friends just talking. That's kind of what I wanted. That's why I just named it Jordan JB Talk. Because I just wanted to talk to, you know, about anything. Yeah. Like, I've kind of, my subjects kind of vary a lot lately, but. I got you. One last thing before, like, we wrap this up or anything like that. Uh, just because you talked about it earlier and, like, for whatever reason, my my brain's just been stuck on it. When we were talking about award shows and how they're being kind of, kind of a mess. Yeah. Uh, were you as surprised as I was about Parasite and how many awards it won? Yes, I was. Like, I didn't watch it, but I was like, wow. Yeah. What? Oh, Par- Parasite's amazing. Like, it's it was my favorite film of 2019. Had I not watched that film last year, it would have been The Lighthouse. But mm-hmm. Parasite, like, I watched it, like, a week after The Lighthouse, and I was like, this is my favorite film this year. <laughs> uh, so I highly recommend that one, too. Um, and I will say... I'm not trying to spoil much, uh, but that movie deals with like dualities and splits Mm -hmm. about exactly one hour in that movie changes. Like it changes and it just becomes amazing. It's amazing from the start, but then you get to that point and you're just like, what is going on? This is great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I highly recommend Parasite. It deserved every single award it got. But I remember I normally don't watch like the Oscars or whatnot because I don't care enough. I, I like what I like. It's one yeah. reason why I kind of stopped paying attention to critics as well. Oh, yeah. um, but what, like, out of pure curiosity, just because Parasite was in the uh, nomination list, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll check this out. But yeah, when it started winning awards, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Everyone else sees what I see. <laughs> but yeah, I, so it's one of the few times where I actually agreed with the Oscars. Yeah. yeah it doesn't happen often, especially a no. lot lately. Mm-hmm. It's like Black Panther for Best Picture, even though it didn't win. It's like, are you kidding me? Anyway, yeah. that's a different subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean, I guess we'll yeah, we'll wrap things up with this episode. It went on a little long, but that's totally fine if you're listening. You know, quarantine or whatever mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Listen, because got nothing else to do, <laughs> like us. <laughs> so, um, I'd be happy to bring you back again, a couple episodes. Yeah, anytime, man. Cool. Um, so anyway, thank you everyone for listening again. You know, we hi- we both highly recommend you checking out, you know, Den- Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, his films, um, you can start on kind of any one, I guess. They're all yeah. pretty good. Like so far I've seen only Prisoners and Sicario, but both were amazing. So check those out. Um, look at, uh, Roger Dinkins' uh, filmography as well. Like he did Skyfall, which is also a beautiful movie, and it's a good movie altogether. But, um, but yeah, Deacon works with stuff. Coen Brothers a lot, so any yeah. Coen Brothers as well. Coen Brothers and Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Den, I'm not gonna say his name again. The guy we Denise were about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah, we highly recommend you checking out those and like any almost any other movie we've recommended, besides the the bad ones we just said, but especially the room please watch the room <laughs> yes watch the room 20 times <laughs> record. um again uh you know of course you know i'm jordan J. 
You can follow the podcast, Jordan JB Talk. Uh, you can follow my design stuff, Jordan James B. I got a YouTube, Jordan JB Designs. Um, Alvin, you got anything to, to plug if you anything? Uh, my channel's not ready yet, but further down <laughs> the road, maybe. Uh, I just want to also just thank you for, again, bringing me on here. Give me a chance to kind of just spill my mind onto uh, this podcast. Uh, and thanks to anyone who de- decided to listen to this ramble fest. Uh, I apologize for kind of going all over the place and again, kind of overshadowing Jordan with everything I was talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm just super passionate about this stuff. And again, thank you very much, Jordan. Of course, man. Like I'm happy to have you on. It's good. To, good to talk to you again. Oh yeah, you know for sure. But uh, yeah, thank you to everyone listening. Uh, check out the other episodes, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Peace. Bye.